Good morning, everyone. This is Thoughts with Nado. Today, I would like to talk about a bit on the coronavirus pandemic and my thoughts about it, and a suggestion I've always had in my head to essentially work with the coronavirus pandemic and um, just sharing my thoughts with it. So, stay tuned to listen to what I have to say. Good morning, everyone. So, before I start, I just want to say today is Sunday, 28th of June. The reason why I'm saying the um, date, ah, obviously it's 2020, but the reason why I'm saying the date, it's because I just want to give, you know, the listeners perspective on when I'm actually doing this podcast and when I'm talking about the coronavirus. And yeah, so let's continue. So... I know that the coronavirus pandemic can be a little bit of a triggering topic to some people because it could provide them with a little bit of anxiety, depression, and just general worries. Some people are worried financially, some people are worried over their friends and their family. There are just many reasons for people to not feel okay right now. And I totally empathize with that and I totally understand that. But for today's episode, I actually want to talk a little bit about um, what my thoughts are, what my thoughts are over the coronavirus pandemic and what I've actually um, have constantly suggested since the outbreak of the pandemic. So let's just be clear, the coronavirus is not a joke and it is extremely um, dangerous. Um, obviously not everyone, and actually if you do look at the statistics, not a lot of people actually die from the coronavirus pandemics, maybe around like, um, I think 10% of people die, or 2% of people, wait, I don't know, there was just like, I remember I recall seeing two statistics, one statistic shows the amount of people that die relative to the amount of people that survive, and a statistic that showed the amount of severity So there are people with very severe coronavirus symptoms and some with not very severe coronavirus symptoms. I really don't remember which is which, but what I could say is that in in like in general terms, in a wholesome picture, the coronavirus is not so deadly, but it is still very dangerous from the manner in which it spreads. So um simply by just forgetting to wear your mask, uh forgetting to sanitize your hands or any sort of surface you are going to use could make the coronavirus um spread out. And also when you have the coronavirus, when you are infected with the coronavirus and you, you know, recover and then you know, you go out again, there's a possibility you actually get the virus again. So the fact of the matter that having the coronavirus doesn't protect you again is also a very scary thing you don't get immunity from it so it's a very very dangerous um, virus in the way it's so easy for it to spread and also the way that you're not really protected even if you get the virus and recover but for today I actually want to talk about um, something a little bit more political governmental um, I don't know how many listeners are aware of this, probably none, but I actually study political science in my university, so politics is a very essential aspect in 
my academic life and my life I've always been interested in politics so when I look upon the coronavirus pandemic I constantly feel like we could have done better and today I do want to talk about how I think we could have done better so I don't know how many people are aware of this, but there was definitely, definitely, definitely an ability to eradicate completely the coronavirus pandemic off of the surface and the face of the entire globe, literally. Um, There is that option. There will always remain that option. But as we, you know, as we delay the process of going with this strategy, it becomes harder and harder to do it. Um, I'm speaking very abstractly, so let me just get into the root of it or in the core of it. So essentially speaking, what I'm talking about is that um, we all know that the coronavirus um, takes about 14 days for symptoms to show up. Like that's the maximum. It's like from two days or one day to 14 days for coronavirus symptoms to show up meaning that you could um, walk around the world, basically, and not know you have the coronavirus. And the max amount of days that would elapse and then you would know you have the coronavirus is 14 days. Um, Now, that's one side. Um, The second side is that the amount of time that people take um, to recover from the coronavirus, um, it's, it's kind of unspecified, but generally speaking, they do say like the maximum amount of time you could stay with the coronavirus is six weeks, or that's what I have read so far. I'm honestly not that educated on the matter, but I have personally seen friends of mine, um, you know, be infected with the coronavirus for an entire month, which makes it about four weeks. And I know some people that have recovered in two weeks, but I've known honestly that every single person that every single person that I know that got the coronavirus um, was actually afraid of dying at one point and that the symptoms were strong and very difficult to handle, even if it wasn't as serious as to go to um, a hospital and need a, you know, a respiratory machine to help you breathe. It's a very difficult uh, virus and the symptoms are difficult for every single person. And because it's a pandemic, this psychological aspect plays on your mind. That makes the um, you know, virus very, very difficult to deal with. So this is the facts of the case. Like, <laughs> this is the facts. The facts are you could be, you know, you could suffer from those symptoms from about two weeks to um, six weeks, and then you have to actually stay another extra two weeks to make sure that the coronavirus is negative in your system. So you need to have a test taken and make sure that the coronavirus is negative again. And we know that people who you know, don't know that they have the coronavirus, symptoms can show from two days to 14 days, which is about two weeks. So my suggestion on, or like the strategy that I posit about eradicating or quote unquote eradicating coronavirus is that simply if you, you know, did a complete lockdown, and I mean complete lockdown, I mean nobody moves from their homes, um, especially except like for emergencies, like if you need to go to a hospital, that's one part, or if you need to go get food. And in some countries, you actually don't need to do that, but I'll get to that later. 
you know, it's just like a complete 24-hour lockdown for about a month or a month and a half. And then you reopen. Then in that sense, all the cases will be gone. All the cases would be, um, you know, um, well or maybe two months. And then you could reopen and there's no coronavirus. So in some countries, there are actually delivery services so maybe you don't need to actually go to the grocery maybe the delivery man can get you the food and when he gets you the food he has you know do certain precautions like you know he sanitizes the bag he puts it in front of your you know in front of your house and he backs away you put the money on the floor maybe or you pay via an app basically so he just puts it on the ground and leaves so there's no transmission of anything and that would be it and this would limit as much as possible any human contact. And basically for maybe two months or a month and a half, there would be nobody leaving the house at all. This is the most, I think, effective way um, in general to combat the coronavirus. And I know a lot of people will be against that because obviously the impact it will have on the economy is very strong. And some people, they actually work on a daily basis like they get their money on a daily basis so it causes a little bit of problems but this is where i have a suggestion in that when there is a lockdown like a complete lockdown and the scenario that i am positing occurs the people that do need financial help would get financial help from the government in this case because let's be very clear all governments right now are paying a lot of money to combat the coronavirus like this is just a fact so instead of constantly financing your money, the government's budget to a virus that we don't know when it's going to end or how long it's going to stay with us, you could have financed that money to people, you know, that need money for them to stay in their house until this lockdown is over. But then you can ensure that after this two month period or month and a half period that people can go out in the world without fear, with no coronavirus and with just you know, back to normality, essentially. Now, the um, the country that refers to this strategy, to be quite honest, I've had the strategy in my mind ever since the coronavirus has erupted back in March, or at least in my country. This is when we started to take really, really strong measures, which is back in March. But um, one country that did follow through with this strategy that I am positing is New Zealand. I think you guys have heard of it, that... Um, New Zealand had a very aggressive measure against the coronavirus since it's um, since it arised. So back in March, when countries were still, you know, you know, not doing any much restrictions, basically, New Zealand had a very aggressive response to the coronavirus. It made sure people stayed at home, did a complete lockdown, and if you look at New Zealand, literally their cases are so small and they are perfectly handling the virus very very well um but one thing new zealand is not doing which is what i want to discuss here is that it's not opening its borders up and it makes complete sense because if you do open your borders up you do put your basically the measures that you've taken for the past two months into um like into a risk because someone from outside a foreigner can come in with the virus and infect the country and then you literally messed everything up once again so for me 
this is where my political science side <laughs> comes in. And that is the notion of international cooperation. So at a time of deglobalization, I'm not sure if you guys noticed this, but a lot of there is um, a movement towards deglobalization that's happening today in the world. With the coronavirus pandemic, I think it exasperates it. There is deglobalization even more because people don't want to, you know, you know, everyone wants to isolate themselves. Every country wants to isolate itself, close its borders. You know, nobody goes in, nobody comes out. And but it it, it makes sense for it to deglobalize in the sense of um, in the realm of the coronavirus. And we don't know after the coronavirus ends whether this deglobalization will continue or will there actually be an increase in international cooperation. But let's go back to this main point about um, the coronavirus. So, and the notion of deglobalization. So, for me, as a student of political science, I would say that the coronavirus just shows us that we actually don't need to deglobalize. We need actually globalization, and we need to be um, <clears throat> internationally cooperate more. Um, the way I would suggest that would be through the United Nations or the WHO where essentially speaking, governments come in into the General Assembly or maybe the WHO posits this as a strategy for the world and, you know, whatever government wants to apply it, applies it. But what the strategy is, is the following. Basically, I would suggest that governments would completely close, um, complete lockdown in the sense of the way New Zealand had done it. And... This is a way to just eradicate the coronavirus completely, right? And so after the, the said country has zero cases, the country would reopen its tourism only with the countries that have also done the same aggressive measure as them where they also have zero cases. And so in that sense, the countries that do not actually follow through with that strategy or plan of doing complete lockdown would be isolated and would need to actually follow through with this strategy in order to open its, its tourism sector. And so in such a like a domino effect, basically, all countries will eventually have to do a complete lockdown where they do eradicate the coronavirus in their country in order to open up for the tourism sector. You know, this is essentially what I'm doing or what I suggest and obviously the countries that do open up for tourism after they have zero cases they would have to and you know I know a lot of um, liberals and democratics might go against me for that but this country the said government would have to do an actually a travel ban over traveling to countries that did not apply this strategy in a sense to ensure the integrity of the um the fight against the coronavirus. And as I said, in a domino effect, all these countries will eventually have to apply this a form of aggressive measure. And then you end up having no coronavirus in the world or the coronavirus would be in specific cities or specific countries that refuse to cooperate in that sense. But in some way, shape or form, they will have to also succumb one day to um, this sort of measure. I think this is the best measure and I think if we if all countries would have done the same tactic with New Zealand as it had done then we would all been a bit, been in a better place in fact today would we would not have the coronavirus if we all followed through with what New Zealand had done 
and let's just put a fact out there the economy is going to suffer regardless and the economy will continue to suffer even amid now as people are opening up because not everyone is feeling safe going out and stuff so the question of whether or not the economy will suffer is just a fact whether or not we apply the strategy that I'm positing but what I can ensure with my strategy is that your economy will suffer for a very limited amount of time very aggressively but then you can literally reopen it and recover it in a much faster sense when you open up after this two-month um, complete lockdown and in that way you ensure that you know you, you have some certainty that you are moving through with uh, an economic plan that will work but right now governments are very much um, confused so you know, governments, you know, they're opening up, they're closing. Um, scientists say there's a suspected second wave that's going to come. And when that second wave comes, the, the restrictions will be added again. The economy will suffer more. And it's just going to keep going on a boom and a bust, a boom and a bust. And we're not going anywhere. But if we would have been aggressive from the start and decided to eradicate this virus by just eliminating any contact, eliminating any transmission, this virus just would have died out. No many, not many people will die, and us as a globe, like us as human beings in Earth, we would say, you know what, we once worked together in order to eradicate a virus, and we were able to do it. But because we are isolationists, because of deglobalization, because of the importance of the economy over the people in many of these countries, what happened was people are continuously dying. Um, as of now, we are nearing t- 10 million um, cases of coronavirus globally. I think we have surpassed half a million cases of deaths of the coronavirus as of today, or as of you know June 28th when I did this podcast. And it's just going to keep on increasing if we do not take active measures just as the one that I'm suggesting. Um, this has always been my opinion to be frank with you guys because um, there's no time for a joke but to be very very frank this coronavirus reminds me a lot of the walking dead in some way where there's like a a virus that we don't know how to end it and it's very easily going to infect someone so if you guys didn't watch the walking dead um, you become a zombie when a zombie you know bites you you know even if he doesn't completely you know eat you um, if he just bites you you're infected and after that you turn to a zombie and it just goes on now obviously the coronavirus is not as intense as that because you can actually um like in the in the walking dead if you're a zombie that's it you're gone completely but with the coronavirus you actually can get better but the problem is that you could stay for over two weeks infecting people while you yourself you do not know that and so it's a very tricky situation. So I remember when I used to watch The Walking Dead, <clears throat> I would say that people should somehow try to kill all the zombies as much as possible for them. Because in The Walking Dead, you would see also this type of um, like isolationism happening. So in The Walking Dead, people would actually gather in groups or families and they would you know, try to get food for their group or whatever and they would just try to survive. So in this post-apocalyptic zombie world in The Walking Dead, people, people's goal was to survive and not to fight the virus, not to fight the zombies. 
and people were against each other. So if two groups met each other, they'd actually try to steal the goods from the other group rather than actually cooperating and fighting the zombies together. And that's what we see here now. People are just trying to, or I think governments are just trying to survive or they're just trying to live with the virus existing. I'm very sorry, this might sound a little bit um, unprofessional, but I had to pause the podcast for a little bit, but I'm back now. Um, yeah, essentially what I was trying to say, it's like it's like basically The Walking Dead, where instead we cooperate together in order to eradicate the virus in the way that I suggested. We are just trying to survive with the virus. We're just trying to say, okay, we're just going to continue life as is with the virus existing. And that's not really a very effective strategy. It's not helpful. Um, the economy will still going to go to shit <laughs> with all that is happening. And, you know, there are very, very pessimistic um, news articles coming out. Like, for instance, I read recently that a uh, scientist suspects that the coronavirus will stay with us for 20 years, which is fucking crazy. And so if you are trying to tell me that we're just going to live with the coronavirus you know, for 20 fucking years, and we don't even know if there's going to be um, a solution to it. I think the suggestion is literally to eradicate it in that way, in that natural sense, you know, unless we just want people to continue to die. And I don't know why anyone would want that. So yeah, these are just my thoughts on the coronavirus. I genuinely feel like the best thing we could do is to have a very aggressive response for a very short period of time where the government finances the money to people that require, you know, um, daily, that require money, you know, people that are poor, people that are homeless, people that work on a daily basis um, to get their money, you know, government helps them in this period of time, because we need to pass through this together. If you think that the coronavirus does not require cooperation, international cooperation, then you are definitely wrong. And the thing I wanted to um, compare it with The Walking Dead was that, you know, the virus did not end or the virus will not end in The Walking Dead as well as here on Earth if we do not come together and try to end it rather than survive with it. Because survival is not, it should be the last thing we do, it should be the last option. But the first thing to do is eradicate it. But unfortunately, from what I am seeing now with governments is that they're doing the opposite. They would rather rather survive with it until a vaccine is out, which is so uncertain, rather than end it. And that is alarming. So, yeah, Um, these are all my thoughts. I'm not sure if I'm very confusing today in the podcast, but I really do hope that I made sense. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this. Um, I know I did because you know, just watching what's happening in the world is making me think a lot and making me reflect a lot. And these are generally my thoughts. And I would love to hear from you guys, you know, opinions. And maybe I could discuss them. I'm honestly a person very, very, very much open to debates. And I do not mind inviting anyone um, on the podcast where we debate. And yeah, and just I post that podcast. I really, really, generally love debates. I could talk about anything. And if you have a very conflicting opinion over the suggestion that I give for the fighting coronavirus, um, I would love to invite this person on the show and we could have a talk. 
And as a disclaimer, I'm not a scientist. I'm not, um, you know, yeah, I'm not a scientist. But I am a person who could, I see myself as an intellectual. And I look at the facts and I understand the facts. And I make suggestions using those facts. And this is what I have come up with. And I see a very perfect example, which is New Zealand, that has, to me, proven a success with the strategy that it did. And it's just a very much, uh, such a shameful thing that the world is not following through with what New Zealand has done. Because with that, we would have, you know, ended the virus. So, yeah, very sorry for the long outro. But I hope you guys enjoyed this. And, yeah, have a nice day today. Thank you.